Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. Welcome to You Beauty, the podcast that has your skin, hair and makeup sorted. My name is Shazzy Hunt and it's Tuesday, which means it's time for another episode of Ask an Expert. And today I wanted to dive into the wonderful world of facial oils because many of us already use them, love them, but we may not be entirely sure of what exactly is in them or have much understanding about the benefits that different oil-based ingredients offer. Luckily today, I have an expert on this very topic to help us out. I am joined by Terry Vinson, who is a skin scientist, author of Skin Formation and founder of skincare brand Synergy Skin. Terry, welcome to the UBD podcast. Hi, Shazzy. Thanks for having me. Really excited to talk about this topic. I love facial oils and haven't they just exploded in popularity these last few years? Oh, haven't they? There's been a huge uptake in the world of facial oils and yes, they're not all created equal, but it's wonderful to see that. And I think that particularly with COVID, we've noticed that with the stress, we produce more cortisol, which is the stress hormone, and that has a direct impact on the health of our skin barrier. So if we've got more stress hormones, our barrier is less robust, we're more inclined to be dry, to be flaky, our skin doesn't function properly. And then compound that with mask wearing, which is prevalent in many states, you get irritation. So we really need those nurturing oils now, but we also need those added benefits of the cosmeceuticals added to the oils. So it's not only trendy, but it's actually the perfect time to be embracing facial oils because of this perfect storm of the situation we've had in the last two years. Totally. I think, you know, we always needed nurturing oils, but now there's a huge need for that. And I think the thing is that people thought that originally oils were just for people with dry skin, but that's not true. We can have universal oils now. And that brings me to the very first question that always comes up whenever you say facial oils, and that is all our oily skin type friends or people that regularly get breakouts putting their hands up saying, can I use these? Are these for me? Or am I out? So where do they stand? Well, I think people with oily skin have always said, actually, my daughter's, she was talking to me about this this morning, oh, mum, you know, no, oils aren't for me. And and people think that because, you know, if you've got oily skin, you automatically steer clear of them. You've got to look at the ingredient list. And there's actually some oils out there that are actually beneficial for people with oily skin. For example, prickly pear seed oil contains linoleic acid, which is vitamin F, and that actually has an impact on P acne bacteria, helps to balance that. So prickly pear seed oil is great for acne sufferers. And of course, the new bacuchiol ingredient, this oil from a plant extract, is an anti-inflammatory. And we know that acne and breakouts come down to inflammation. And if we can reduce that, we've addressed that. But we really need to make sure that if you have acneic or congested or oily skin, stay away from those heavy oils. They need to be rapidly absorbing, lightweight and non-comedogenic. 
So not all that long ago, the advice I kind of came across with facial oils was consider adding a facial oil to your routine and there were only a handful out there. So that was kind of as far as it went. It was a simple choice. You either used one or you didn't. But now with so many different varieties, so many different hero ingredients, it can be really hard to know which one is going to be best for your skin type. So where do you even start to begin? Is it about looking at those ingredients? I think firstly, really understanding your skin type. We're not born with a skin type. We've got a predisposition to a skin type. So we may be predisposed to pigmentation or sensitivity or acne, but that can change at any point in our lives. So we need to know at this point in our lives, are we dry? Are we sensitive? Have we got fine lines and wrinkles? That's where we begin. And often a really good skin therapist can help you there. The second thing is we look at the ingredient list. I am such a believer in ingredient lists. And if you can kind of deconstruct your label, you are so far ahead of the bell curve. So know what your skin type is and know your ingredients. And there are different ingredients for different skin types. I'd love to run through a few common skin types or skin concerns. And then for each one, I'd love you to highlight the key ingredients in a facial oil that these people should be looking for because they're going to bring the most benefit to their skin type. Let's start with dry and dehydrated skin. I feel like these are the early embraces of the facial oil because they kind of get that that's going to bring them that nourishment and that hydrated feeling that they're so desperately seeking. But what are the ingredients they should be looking for? The wonderful thing about oils for dry and dehydrated skin is almost every oil will help that because what we're looking for is to stop transepidermal water loss, which is a common term, TWL, which means the water from our skin escapes to the atmosphere and it's not locked in. And there are these amazing natural oils or lipids in our skin called ceramides. You might have heard of ceramides in skincare. We actually produce these ourselves and they're more common in pregnancy. That's why women have the pregnancy glow. And ceramides are responsible for holding the moisture into our skin, almost like a little mini raincoat over the skin. And when we're stressed or when we have dry skin, that ceramide level drops. So we need to have oils to maintain a lovely layer of our skin to stop water being lost from the skin. So there are so many types. If you're severely dehydrated, you can use what's called an occlusive oil and they can look very heavy, but a lot of people with very dry skin can cope with that. Examples of occlusive oils or even waxes are lanolin and you wouldn't put that on your skin during the day because your skin would look like a shiny beacon, but you could certainly use that at night. Hydrogenated castor oil. Castor oil is a lovely oil. It's very underrated. It's actually even good for acneic skin. And when it's hydrogenated, it becomes very thick and occlusive. Certain waxes, cocoa butter is great. You would never put that on oily skin though. It's comedogenic. So they're your occlusives. So occlusives are an actual barrier to the skin that you have to actually remove them almost to get them off. And then all your other oils are more emollient and they give slip to the skin, they add hydration, but they sink in better. And and there's so practically all the beautiful oils fall into that category. But my favorites, if you've got dry skin, would be marula oil, argan oil, meadow foam, because that protects the barrier from moisture loss. Jojoba is beautiful and squalane. Now, can I just touch on squalane for a minute? I would love you to tell us all about squalane because I feel like it's one of those things where people like it has squalane and they're like, oh, yes, yes, but no one actually knows what it is. (laughs) Okay, so squalane is very different to this ingredient squalane. So squalane is a natural oil. It can come from sharks, but 
I'd never formulate with that because I've got a cruelty-free certification, but it also comes from olives. And actually lately it's also come from sugarcane. And squalene is a very unstable oil. It works really well when it's stable. It's an antioxidant, but you have to use a very high amount of vitamin E or else it goes rancid very, very quickly. Most formulators now use squalane, and squalane is a much more stable version of squalane. So when you look at your label, look for an A-N-E on the end, not an E-N-E. Squalane is a much better version, and that is beautiful for keeping the moisture in the skin. Amazing. Let's move on to wrinkles and lines. So if this is something you are concerned about, how can you use facial oils and which particular ingredients in facial oils are going to give you a little helping hand? Well, I always believe that there's no one oil. There's no one size fits all single oil that can do everything. And when we're talking about aging skin, we're talking about collagen, elastin, glycation, and just hydration isn't going to cut it. Hydrating oils will give you the illusion of you being younger because it will soften those surface crepey fine lines and wrinkles. But there are certain ingredients now, certain oils that actually get into the skin and create a change. And my absolute favourite at the moment is an ingredient called bacuchiol, which is a plant-based oil, and it is being touted as nature's retinoid. But let me be clear, it has no chemical structure anyway similar to vitamin A, It is totally separate, but the results on the skin are very similar. So if you're one of those people who can't tolerate vitamin A, and many can't, this is a great alternative. It actually stimulates the production of collagen, which is amazing for youth, also prevents the breakdown because as we get older, the breakdown of our collagen increases at a much greater rate. We have more broken down than made, so we need to boost it. And this bacuchiol reduces collagen breakdown It also reduces inflammation and hyperpigmentation and it also combats free radical damage. And we know that free radical damage and ageing are synonymous. So it's my number one oil for ageing. I actually use an anti-ageing oil every night myself and I'm loving the results of Bacuchiol. The other ingredients that we need to look at for ageing skin is marula oil. It also reduces collagen and elastin breakdown. And meadow foam oil, it's another one that's being introduced in many areas for formulators, which I'm loving. And this oil inhibits the enzymes that destroy collagen. And that enzyme is called matrix metalloproteinase, which is an enzyme that's in our cells that's responsible for for collagen breakdown. And this particular oil inhibits that. So there's some really exciting active oil. It doesn't have to be those nurturing oils. There's oils that now really pack a punch. I'd love to move on to pigmentation next. How can facial oils support you when you're trying to manage pigmentation and what particular ingredients are going to help? Honestly, I'd say that I would be introducing an active serum in my skincare routine if I had pigmentation and uneven skin tone. The hero oil is, again, Bacuchiol. That is fantastic for reducing uneven skin tone. But if you're looking at combination therapies, which I'm a great believer in, I'd still go back to the serums. And one of my favourites is tranexamic acid at the moment. But if you just want to use oils, Bacuchiol is your hero in terms of pigmentation. And then finally, acne and oil-prone skin. We touched on it before. Is there any other oil-based ingredients that we should be looking to add for that skin type? 
What we need to do is the two things we need to do is look for oils that actually work for acne skin and look for oils that we shouldn't be using. Mm. So I bet for that skin type especially it's as much about what you don't use as what you exactly. do. Exactly. And, you know, there's a big thing about coconut oil. Stay well away from coconut oil and comedogenic oils. They will actually cause breakouts. So you want to look at oils that are very similar to human sebum. They will work beautifully with your skin and help balance you. And this is, again, your meadow foam and your squalane. But the prickly pear seed oil, this is my favourite, is just amazing at reducing pea acne bacteria. So it is something that I would include in my skincare routine if I had oily skin. And the thing is, people who have acne can actually have dry skin. They can have acne in certain areas and be flaking in others. So just trying to attack your acne with a very drying product can be quite damaging to the skin. So we also need to nurture it with some active oils as well. Now, there are a few, you know, single ingredient facial oils out there, but the majority of them are going to be a combination of a few different kinds of oils like the ones we've discussed. How do you go about choosing one? You know, ideally there would be one that would just have all of them in it, the ones that you're looking for, and that would be amazing. But if that's not the case, how do you go about choosing one? Do you just try and focus on one ingredient as the hero ingredient? Yeah. Okay. So I'm not a huge fan of single oil products. I, as I've said before, I don't believe that one oil can do everything. And I think from a cosmetic chemist's point of view, I would always look at combination therapy in an oil. So my first thing I would do is I would do my research in what particular oils are suited for a particular skin type. And I would then base my formulation on that. And you have to work on oils that work in synergy. Because just like in in serums and moisturisers, I'm not going to put a whole heap of ingredients in a pot, give them a stir and say, well, I've got an anti-aging serum. (laughs) I wish it was that simple. (laughs) Yeah, so you have to look at ingredients that work well together and you also have to look at the clinical data, obviously, and look at data that actually supports efficacy for that particular ingredient. So, again, I would look at my skin type and I would look at oils that would be suitable for my skin type and then I would go straight to the ingredient list and really try and reverse engineer what that ingredient list says. It's not easy and I I don't want to say that even as a cosmetic chemist, there are still new ingredients out there that, you know, I have to find out what they do. So I don't know every single ingredient on every list, but I know pretty much all of them at the moment. And I can look and reverse engineer a lot of the products on the supermarket shelves and say a lot of them shouldn't be there for any more than six months. Shelf life is a huge issue with single oil products. And rosehip oil only has a shelf life of six months, for example. Avocado oil, 12 months. And people are are thinking they're putting these precious oils on their faces. And yes, these oils work beautifully if their shelf life is within the limits. But the minute they start expiring, they're actually bad for your skin. I want to get onto this shelf life issue. So does the shelf life of a facial oil vary according to what the key oils are in it? Absolutely. So we can have anywhere from three months up to three years. And it's interesting, I've been really focused in my lab very recently on updating a lot of oils. Even the small amounts in some of my moisturisers, I am starting to move away from what I call the low shelf life or the filler oils. Because when we use shelf life oils for say one year or less, and your examples are avocado, safflower oil, sunflower oil, 
Almond oil doesn't last very long, nor does apricot kernel oil. So you have to add a large amount of vitamin E to that oil to make it stable. And even then, there's no guarantee it will last very long. So I always stick to the high shelf life oils. For example, meadow foam, marula oil, argan oil, jojoba almost has an unlimited shelf life. Bacuchiol has a long shelf life, prickly pear seed oil, evening primrose, six to 12 months and it's out. So you just have to be very aware of the shelf life of an oil and, again, read your label. And if a hero is rosehip and there's no alpha tocophera, which is vitamin E in it, red flag, don't buy it. Is there anything you can do to prolong the shelf life of your oils? Is there a way you should be storing them? Definitely. If you want to get the most out of your oils, make sure it's sold in a dark container so the light doesn't get through it. So a lot of oils can be broken down by light. Also heat, don't store it in very hot conditions. Don't leave an oil in your car in summer. It's the best way of making it go rancid. And just check the shelf life. Try and avoid low shelf life oils in general. You can tell if it's gone rancid. It sort of smells like old crayons. If that's, Do you know that smell at school? Uh, yeah. Stale old crayons. That's how rancid face oil smells. If a product has oxidised, I assume, you know, don't put it near your face. It's got the crayon smell. Don't put it near your face. But what is the harm of using a facial oil that has turned? Well, any free radical, so an oxidised oil is basically unstable and it's a free radical. And a free radical definition is an atom with an unstable electron or an electron that it wants to take from somewhere else to stabilise it. And it will grab that electron from anywhere. So if it's on your skin, it will want to stabilise itself by grabbing an electron from your healthy skin cells. And in doing that, it will make your healthy skin cells unwell or inflamed. So you don't want to be putting free radicals on your skin. It can cause inflammation, it can cause sensitivity, and it can also cause congestion. So you want to have nice, stable ingredients on your skin. Let's talk about where facial oils sit within a skincare routine. And I'm going to start with our listener question for the week, which comes from Fiona, who's left us a voicemail asking about using facial oils. I actually have a question about jojoba. I use it as an oil cleanser, but I'm wondering, should I also use it as a, like a moisturizer after everything at night? I'm just a little bit confused about when to use it. Thank you. I love your work. So first of all, it sounds like she's using an oil as her cleanser? Yes. Now, there's a big trend for oil cleansing. I don't have a problem with that, but I would always follow it up with a water-based cleanser as well because if you're using an oil to clean your skin, you're going to be left with an oily residue on your skin after you've possibly used a wipe or something to take your makeup off. It's really great at getting the scar off. But then you need to use a water-based cleanser to emulsify that oil so your serums can get in because oil impedes the penetration of water-based ingredients. So yes, it's okay to use an oil as a cleanser, but always follow that with a water-based foaming cleanser or a low foaming cleanser. I actually think that jojoba oil is a beautiful oil but what a waste using something that you're going to remove as a cleanser. There's so many other oils you could use. So personally, I think, lovely idea, but save the jojoba oil for something that stays on your face that you're not going to remove because I love it. It prevents water loss. It's anti-inflammatory. It actually also is fine for acne sufferers. So if you're congested, it's totally fine, non-comedogenic, and, again, very similar to human sebum, so it won't clog your pores. 
Are there any application tips or tricks when you're using a facial oil to get the absolute most out of it? Yeah, there's a couple of tips, and this is something that I've kind of learned along my journey with using facial oils. Firstly, always let it sink in. I think we're all in such a hurry. Don't rush it. Don't slap a sunscreen over the top of your oil in the morning if you want to use it. Just let it absorb. Make sure it's a little bit touch dry before you add the next layer. You probably only need three or four drops if it's a really good quality oil. You don't need to overdose on oils. It'll find its own way of sinking into the skin. Oh, another fun fact about oils, a lot of them are penetration enhancers. So a lot of them can actually carry other ingredients to the deeper layers of the skin, which is really important. So I would say take your time and allow it to penetrate before adding the next layer. The other thing I love is I mix my facial oil with a loose mineral makeup and you get this beautiful, luminizing, creamy makeup, which is amazing for dry skin. Terry, thanks for joining us on the Ubity podcast to talk all things facial oils. Thanks, Shazzy. My pleasure. This episode was produced by Gia Moylan. I'm Shazzy Hunt and I'll be back with another beauty expert in the hot seat next Tuesday. Until then, if you're looking for something else to listen to, check out Mamma Mia's news podcast, The Quickie. It'll bring you up to speed daily, covering the latest news headlines in five, plus a deep dive to find out everything you need to know in one go. We are more than across the controversies that the British royal family have been courting over the decades. Has the Japanese royal family had similar experiences? We do see some controversies, particularly around the role of the royals in contemporary Japanese society, as well as issues around succession, which are often considered to be extremely gendered and in particular, very harsh for women, female members of the royal family. And of course, recently with regards to this royal wedding between the former Princess Mako and Keikomoro Akomuna, we've seen a lot of controversies boil up over this particular love match. Check it out in your favourite podcast app today. See ya!